Hey guys, I'm Tash. And I'm Andy. And you're listening to Bewildered. The podcast where we share stories about the weird, wonderful, and often downright perplexing of the animal kingdom. This is a project that was born out of some of the weird encounters Andy and I have had with animals as ecologists. You are listening to our fifth episode, part five of a seven-part series. So welcome, and let's get started, shall we? The title of this episode is All That For Nothing. So the idea for this episode came from a story when I was working on a turtle conservation project in northwest Western Australia. The work basically consisted of me walking along a beach in a really remote area, like really remote, around four hours by rough dirt track to the nearest town. But the area was beautiful and pristine, and it was my job to walk up and down this beautiful beach every morning looking for turtle tracks. So jealous. It was pretty amazing. Another thing I loved was that as soon as we were done with our survey, we could just get in the water and go for a snorkel. You see, there are beautiful fringing reefs just off the beach that I could just spend hours and hours snorkeling and exploring. I saw all sorts of cool birds, fish and corals. I also loved getting in the water to see turtles. On the land, turtles are lumbering idiots, but in the water, they are graceful and majestic. (laughs) Majestic? Yes, majestic, Tash. Anyway, you spend your fair share of time in the water, so you know what happens when you see a turtle in the water. Yeah, it goes a little something like, you see turtle, turtle sees you, turtle swims away as fast as possible because you are big and scary. And ugly. Well, some of us. So, one time I was around 200 metres out to sea and I came up on a turtle that didn't seem to notice me. It was facing away from me and floating mid-water column. It was a small juvenile green sea turtle and I had my GoPro in hand, so I quickly kicked down to get some video footage and what I saw made my heart stop. As I came up behind the turtle and swam over it, I saw that half of its head was missing and the turtle was dead but still bleeding. Oh no. Yeah, so I'm a marine ecologist and we're in Australia, so you can guess what came across my mind. Ah, the big three? That's right. I was in the part of Australia where the so-called big three shark species are common. That's great whites, tigers, bulls. Tiger sharks in particular are known to love to eat turtles, so I was pretty scared. But then I thought, crap, crap. I'm going to have to bring this mutilated turtle back to shore. (laughs) What? Why? Well, it was a dead turtle, and as part of a conservation program, we reported any dead turtles to the government so they could collect the information on turtle populations. I needed to bring it back in to take photos of it and measure it. And I also needed to bring it in because we might have wanted to study the turtle, maybe study the turtle carcass or use the skeleton for educating school kids about turtles. For science. Yeah, for science, Tash. So I grabbed the back of the turtle in one hand and put the GoPro in my other hand and start swimming backwards, recording the whole time. Now remember, I'm four hours by dirt track away from the nearest town, probably another eight hours from a major hospital, and I'm swimming with a bleeding dead turtle in shark-infested waters. You idiot. Yeah, I'm such an idiot. So I'm filming the whole time thinking this would make some great footage if a shark showed up. I'm swimming and kicking as fast as I can, holding onto the turtle and trying not to poop my pants. So, did you see a shark? Unfortunately for you, Tash, no, I did not see a shark. I got back to the shore pretty quickly, took some photos and measurements of the turtle, recorded the location and took the turtle to my boss, who informed me that because the turtle was so damaged, we couldn't use the carcass for anything. I went through all of that for nothing. You idiot. I'm such an idiot. So, Andy, our theme for today is all that for nothing. That it is. Well, how about an animal that just sits and waits for years, decades even, hidden away from the world, 
only to enjoy far too brief a moment of happiness out in the real world. You have my attention? I am, of course, talking about cicadas. Oh, I love cicadas. I used to play with their shells in my grandfather's backyard when I was growing up. I absolutely loved them. So, you know about their life cycle, but for those at home that don't, cicadas start out as nymphs that live underground amongst the roots of trees where they spend their time drinking sap and occasionally molting their skin as they get bigger. Yeah, so lots of invertebrates molt, don't they? That's right. See, when you have a hardened skin or exoskeleton, as you grow, you have to get rid of the previous skin. Scientists call this ecdysis, or molting. Anyway, when the time is right, the nymphs emerge from the ground and climb the tree that they were drinking sap from. When they get high enough, the exoskeleton hardens and they molt their skin one last time. They emerge as beautiful adult cicadas and fly off to search for a mate. That's great, but why are you so excited? Well, as any of our North American listeners may know, there is a species that spends up to 17 years as a nymph. What? It's known as a periodical cicada. It spends 17 years underground, drinking sap, molting its skin, and waiting for the right moment to dig out of the ground and make its way up a tree. All of the periodical cicadas underground emerge at once. There can be millions of cicadas in a hectare, billions across the whole United States, all at once. Wow. Wait, but how do they all know to emerge at once? Well, scientists aren't too sure. We know they can tell the passing of years by the changes in the tree sap, and they emerge from the ground when the temperature is just right. But we don't know how the cicadas know that exactly 17 years has passed. And when they do emerge, the adult cicadas only have weeks to find a mate, lay some eggs in the ground, and then die. 17 years for just weeks? I know, right? All of that for nothing. Like everything else in the 21st century, The Bewildered Podcast is on social media. You can find us on Facebook, just search Bewildered Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, at BewilderedCast, all one word. We'll be posting links so you can learn more about the animals we discuss in each episode, and you'll also find videos, photos, and a little bit of behind-the-scenes content. So like and follow us and tell us your favourite weird nature story. So cicadas are pretty amazing, but what about a caterpillar that can freeze itself and reanimate again and again for years on end? What? Yeah, so there's this moth that lives in Antarctica that lets itself be frozen. No, wait. Come on now, Andy. Animals die when they freeze. The water in their cells expands, freezes, you know, sharp crystals form and tear their cells apart. Tash, listen, this will make sense. Okay, I'm with you. So our story starts in the Arctic tundra in Canada. Spring has just begun and the caterpillar hatches from its egg. The caterpillar is small, skinny, and looks like a puff of cute brown fur. This is, of course, the Arctic woolly bear moth caterpillar. Wait, let me see if I've got that right. The Arctic woolly bear moth caterpillar? Yes, the Arctic woolly bear moth caterpillar. It gets its name from its caterpillar phase. It just looks like a tuft of bear fur. So, like all caterpillars, as soon as it hatches, it gets to work eating, munching away. It's trying to get big enough to spin a cocoon and metamorphose into a moth. Yeah, but that's just like all caterpillars, Andy. Yeah, the only catch is that being up in the tundra, spring and summer are just not long enough for the caterpillar to eat enough to make the big transition. So it has to wait until next summer. Hold on. The tundra freezes over winter. It gets to like minus 200 degrees Celsius. Yeah, I can understand how someone being from Western Australia may think that anything cold is minus 200 degrees. But no, the tundra only gets down to around minus 70 degrees Celsius or so. 
That is still freezing. Yeah, still freezing. Anyway, so the caterpillar has to crawl under a rock and it waits. Now, Tash, you were saying before how animals don't usually survive freezing. Yes, it's science. (laughs) Well, to survive, the Arctic woolly bear moth caterpillar stops its heart. It stops breathing and allows itself to freeze. It does this to stop parasites attacking over the winter. These parasites will die in the cold, but not the caterpillar, though. It can survive temperatures below minus 70 by producing antifreeze compounds that prevent its cells from being destroyed by the cold. Okay, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, and the next spring the caterpillar defrosts and gets back to eating. Cool, so then it can metamorphose? Oh, no, 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 not by a long shot. The caterpillar will have to keep doing this freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing anywhere from 7 to 14 years. 14 years? Yeah, they're the longest living caterpillars in the world. And when they are big enough, they spin a silk cocoon and start transforming. And what comes out is a beautiful blue-grey moth. The sad thing is that after 14 years of eating and freezing, the moth only has days, days to find a mate, have some young, and then it dies. All that for nothing. All that for nothing. Man, what could you do with 14 years? Uh, I would probably compose a symphony. If I could play an instrument. So you'd learn instruments and then compose a symphony? Yeah, in 14 years. Nice. I would finally learn how to skateboard. I think it would take me 17 years. Uh, I would learn to surf. Useful, yeah. Neither of us can surf. We're pretty bad water babies. We we can kick around and say hey to turtles. Dive and stuff. The Bewildered Podcast is co-written and produced by Andy and myself, Tash. If you'd like to know more about any of the topics we've discussed this episode, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, where you'll find much more content. Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to us in your podcasting app of choice. Also, feel free to leave us a rating as it really helps other people to find us. Our music is by Poddington Bear, and thank you for listening. Yes. Um, (laughs) I was reading, but I was reading this plug for some reason. Uh, Then we get an outtake. Um. Yeah. Well. It's a really good scripting. I'll just say it is. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excessively laughing into that microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Stop recording. Andy is now deep throating the microphone. That was the sound. Stop recording. Just, Just. Oh.